I'm live. He's the opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily reflect those of the owner, staff, or management of this radio station. us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsing. And with me all the way across the pond. Well, not for long, and I've told that he'll be over here, but for now, he's across the pond. Mr. Parascience himself, Steve Potton. Good. Afternoon, Ron. How are you? Yeah, it could be evening. It could be evening. Good, good afternoon. Good evening, wherever you are in the world. Hello and welcome. There you does go. that do it? it? It does. It does. And uh, you know, I am excited because you are coming over here very shortly. And believe it or not, in October it's not that far away. Uh, and... September, actually. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Beginning of September, <laughs> September, beginning of October. <laughs> Yes, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I've, uh, I've been brushing up on my American um, oh, good. With, oh, my good, fr- good. with my phrase book. Yeah, we have this um, word called the. We say it before uh, announced, like the hospital and the store, just, just to let you know. So. Yeah, and you, you miss out the first letter of some words, like herbs. Uh, my wife watches the American cooking programs and gets frustrated because the American chefs insist on calling them herbs. You know, it's, it's language, those... isn't language funny, though? Because, yeah, you're right, absolutely right. And I think Americans are, are more, I mean, carrot cards. They're carrot cards, T-R-A-O-T on the end of it, but they're always tarot. Uh, yeah, they're always know. tarot, and uh, those floating things you have in harbours uh, over here Warp. are called boys, and you call them buoys. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I call them boys, so I must be oh, happy. Okay. Oh, okay. So, I mean, uh, we are the same language, but separated by ignorance. Uh, well, actually... Um, I think historically speaking, you use many of the words um, of what were probably more considered to be Tudor English, um, words like sideways, um, which I, I think is that me or is that is that a weird echo? Is that best? No. Um, some of the words that you still use are actually uh, derived from Tudor English, um, and. Uh, whereas our, our our version of English has become more Europeanized, yours has uh, sort of remained true to the the its Tudor origins, perhaps things like, as say, I think sidewalk and fall. Uh, whereas we now use the the word autumn. Mm. Well, there you go. It's just one of them weird things. Yeah, 
Yeah, the interesting thing, too, too, is, I mean, even uh, you talk about, I mean, we're not so different because the French is different, too. I mean, there's Parisian French and uh, Canadian French, which is basically should be the same language, but they're not. Um, well, I don't know very much about the French, um, other than we've, we seem to have constantly been at war with them for a thousand years. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, we, we dug them a tunnel so that the next time Germany invades them, they can nip out and escape it all the quicker. Uh, yeah, um, but you've got it mined, right, so you can blow it up before they get there. Yeah, we've we've got special shutters and doors at, at, at length throughout the tunnel. Um, that tunnel actually goes back to, I think it was Napoleon, um, I think, excavated the first tunnel, or tried to excavate, started to excavate the first tunnel under the English Channel, uh, as, as a vain attempt to, to invade us, uh, I was going to say uh, by sea, but it's not, it's under the sea. Um, and I think he actually attempted to, I think the tunnel was started, um, obviously not completed, um, but I think Napoleon, if I'm right, started that one. I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, you know, it's it's interesting. I, I, I was actually, it was kind of funny. I was watching Doctor Who the other day, and it was uh, in the future, and there was this, this gentleman who was telling the history of Earth, and it was all wrong, of course. And uh, But he said, uh, oh, this is Great Britain, and across the water is Great France, Great Germany, and Great Italy. And Doctor Who said, no, there is, they are just France, Germany, and Italy, because there is only one great, and that is Britain. That's it. We're the only one. We might be small. We might be a very small country. Uh, I don't think we're much bigger than the Florida Panhandle, but I think our our ability to uh, cause trouble around the world is is second to none. I think that's why we love you so much. Yeah, and we do great programs like Downton Abbey and Doctor Who. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So, anyway, speaking about great programs, on today's program we have a couple of gentlemen, right? Two for the price of one. Yeah, a double tonight to make up for last week's technical issues where we, uh, we were without a show. Um, so we've, I've worked very hard and got two guests for tonight's show. And, so, and, so a, very weird, for... and a very weird echo. Yeah, yeah. Skype, Skype does that. The more, people, the more people you put on Skype, the worse it gets. So anyways, why don't you introduce our guest, young man? Okay. Uh, well, I'm on the west coast of Great Britain, uh, but over on the east coast uh, in Lincolnshire um, is a county that uh, even today is still called Bomber County uh, in reflection of its role uh, within the, uh, primarily during the Second World War, but beyond that into the First World War. It was, um, there were so many airfields in Lincolnshire in World War II uh, both British and United States Army Air Corps uh, bases, that it was it, it, uh, it was said to be almost an aircraft carrier. Um, so these guys are from Bomber County Paranormal. Uh, we've got Tomo and Paul, uh, and I guess these guys do an awful lot of investigating old airfield sites, old military sites. Is that right, guys? That's correct, yeah. Good afternoon and good evening. Yeah, good evening. Yeah, we do. We do a hell of a lot of uh, RAF camps, uh, which is quite exciting stuff, really. Uh, we've just done uh, a recent one uh, that we're not actually allowed to uh, say the name. <laughs> uh, 
but no, that, why, uh, why is that? Who am I speaking with, Tomo or...? Uh, it's Tomo, yeah. Hi, Ron. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Some of the camps uh, don't like to uh, publicly put out that we've been there, because obviously they still hold... Uh, a lot of expensive equipment there. Uh, so if they if we're putting up uh, photos and whatnot, uh, and and people see it, they they will actually go and rob the places there. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a sad state of affairs. But unfortunately, some of them are quite run down. Some of them are derelict and still hold quite a few valuable things. Uh, so yeah, so. So I mean. You know, Britain, I, I don't know how you are uh, in acceptance of the paranormal versus the states, for instance. You know, I, I see guys like uh, Nick Pope on the TV who used to investigate UFOs, and now he's going around and talking all about them pretty openly. Uh, and I wonder, if is, is it the same way with the paranormal? Uh, is it accepted a little bit more, or, or it's not being held back as much in the U.K. as it used to be? Uh, Paul, do you want to answer that one, or...? Um, I think the paranormal is accepted by quite a few people now. Then everybody I know have their own beliefs on it, but the more people you talk to, there's a lot more people seeming to accept that the paranormal is there because they can't explain things that are happening. So, yeah, I would say that there's more people now starting to accept this paranormal side. So, guys, how did, how did you get into investigating the paranormal? Oh, goodness me. Do, who wants to answer that one first? <laughs> you, your first mate. All right. Um, it started many years ago back with me, and it all started with a program called Ghost Watch. Uh, I don't think your American listeners uh, are aware of the show. It was a, a mockumentary that was released in 1992. Uh, it pretended to be a live show, uh, filmed about a family in a normal estate, basically uh, complaining about these paranormal events that were going on. Uh, I was only eight at the time, and it scared the living daylights out of me. <laughs> but I, from then on, I mean, it spurred me to uh, to get involved in it. Uh, I, then I also received a book called uh, Strange But True from my uncle, uh, and the case in that was the famous Enfield poltergeist. Oh. Uh, so I, I think it, it started from there, really. I just wanted to uh, get some answers for myself and other people, really. Paul? <laughs> uh, basically, I started when I was about 13. Um, I had an experience which I can't explain to this day, uh, where I saw a young girl who had spoken to me, and when I looked round, she'd gone, and nobody had seen her at all. So from that day forward, I was always trying to find out was she there, wasn't she there, and looking at programmes, uh, TV programmes, which was all about the paranormal, ghosts. And so it's just enlightened me through the years to carry it on. And then it wasn't until I found BCP, the Bomber County Paranormal, where I managed to get on with other people who have the same sort of interests. Mm. So, guys, do you, do you tend to focus on um, the f 
with the name of the group Bomber County, is that just a reflection of, of the geography and then obviously the nickname Bomber County for Lincolnshire? Or is it that you focus primarily on the military, the military links and the, the association with airfield ghosts and hauntings? Um, yeah, I think it's purely geography. I mean, we, we've investigated many places, uh, from derelict places, right through to courthouses, uh, a mass array of different venues. So, yeah, it, it, the name reflects and uh, to the place that we live, uh, and I think it's quite nicely fitting for all those people who lost their lives during the wars, Um you know, it's uh, it's quite nice living in a lovely county like this. To be honest, it's uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's purely for the geography place a bit. So, well, I could certainly reflect um, your comments about how nice Lincolnshire is. Uh, I don't think, obviously, those uh, the other side of the Atlantic may not know Lincolnshire terribly well. Although there are many, many American veterans who come over for the various commemorations uh, mm. at the airfields in Lincolnshire, but obviously, you know, it's it's a county I do know well. Um, I know many of the military bases, the RAF bases uh, in particular, up and down the A15, and yeah. Yeah. Uh, along the Kesteven Ridge. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I, I know of many, many, many haunted airfields. In fact, mm. I think it would be actually easier to say that I don't know of any airfields that don't have a resident ghost in Lincolnshire. But I think one of the most famous uh, has to be, is it Barksdale Heath? Where, mm. uh, was it the recording was made in the old squash courts? That's uh, right, yeah. By a paranormal group which recorded the sounds of... Um, Oh gosh! Help me out here, boys. I'm trying to think now. Was it? It was it the the sound of aircraft starting up and and taxiing and then men shouting. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. Also, is Kirby have recorded that as well uh, with the uh, the flying of aircraft, uh, which which seems quite common uh, throughout the raft camps that we've found. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think of. I know. I, I, yeah, I know what you're saying, um, but I'm trying to think of the activity that was caught. Um, but yeah, a lot of the raft camps report uh, aircraft flying over where there's nothing there, uh, which is quite strange. Um, but yeah, I think it's a safe bet that I don't think there's any <laughs> RAF base that isn't supposedly haunted. Um, uh, yeah, I, I say, I, you, you, you know, pick any RAF base in Lincolnshire in particular. Mm. Uh, you know, I am focusing on this because, you know, it's a, uh, I, those who might not know, I, I love aeroplanes and spend, used to spend a lot of time in Lincolnshire uh, at the different RAF bases. Uh, and, you know, there was never one that didn't have the station's resident ghost. I mean, perhaps the mm. most famous of all, um, or the, the most nationally known over here in the UK, is the Boxdale Heath uh, recording. But RAF Waddington, um, which was one of the primary bomber bases in World War II, uh, mm. there were reports of a phantom Lancaster bomber arriving and taxiing in in the 1970s during the middle of during the middle of the night and a little further up the road up the a15 the other side of lincoln uh, you've got ref scampton home of the Dambusters. Yeah, and right, uh, yeah. i think was it last year there was a paranormal group uh, they claimed to have been in touch uh, with the spirit of guy gibson's dog um, via i think they were using a k2 meter 
Really? <laughs> so, okay. I know there's an obvious joke about a K9 meter, but you know, like, I, I, I think you know, the idea that, that, uh, that the, the Gibson's Black Labrador, uh, with the very in- politically inc- un- uh, unfortunate name... Yeah, I didn't um, really want to say it on air, but... <laughs> it's a historical right. fact. The dog's name was Nigger, um, uh, which was also the code name for the successful raid on the Myrna Dam. But um, in recent years, of course, it's become one of those uh, politically unfortunate words. And when people are talking historically about the dam's raid... Yeah, but uh, I mean, mean, history is history. I mean... Exactly, exactly. You know, it is what it is. Well, we've just had the 70th anniversary of the Dam's Raid celebrated over here, uh, and that included uh, by the Royal Air Force Museum a series of live tweets of the radio call sign, uh, the radio uh, calls that went backwards and forwards during the raid, done in real time via Twitter, except for the final uh, call sign, mm-hmm. uh, the final um, code words for the successful breaching of the Myrna Dam. Uh, which they they deliberately omitted, um, again, uh, you know, citing political problems. Um, But it's a historical fact. You know, Gibson's dog was a black Labrador, uh, and he named it accordingly for for that period, you know, for that era. Uh, And the dog, uh, for those that may not know the story, and there can't be very many of them, but uh, as the crews were briefing for the raid, the dog was... uh, killed it had been run over and gibson oh. and gibson uh used the dog's name as the code word for a successful breach of the main the main dam uh but i think last year there was a paranormal group who who um claimed to have made contact with the ghost of the dog via a k2 meter so um, you know you had mm. this idea of of uh, the black labrador operating uh, an EMF meter in order to in order to communicate with the the, the investigators. Which well, you must uh, have been pretty smart okay. dog, then, right? I have a very intelligent dog by all accounts. Uh, <laughs> you know, not only can it operate the K two meter, but you know it was operating a device that hadn't even been thought of seventy years ago. Right. And, you know. and not only that, he wasn't smart enough to get out of the way of the car, evidently. <laughs> uh, evidently not, but there you go. So yeah, Lincolnshire is you know it's, it's a it's a great county as as, uh, as the boys say, and you know it's one I love going to visit. I actually um, have a question. It's in my book, and I, I can't remember the details. Uh, Ghost of Day. I wrote three hundred sixty-five ghost stories, but there's there's this uh, amount or something by the moors where all these planes crash and stuff, and you can still find the wreckage uh, from the, uh, you know, where they crashed. And, and someone had found something and, and kept it, and because they kept it, they, they were haunted by it. Uh, you you familiar with the story at all, at all, by any chance? No, I'm not. I mean, no. the, 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 there is a lot of this wreckage sites all over Lincolnshire. I mean, I think East yeah. Kirkby has got one of the biggest collection of uh, wreckages uh, to be viewed at their museum um, but yeah like i said the, the, there's a mass array of uh, uh, fields that are strewn all over the place with bits of uh, plane and all sorts so uh, but yeah there's lots of stories you want bits of uh, squashed crashed airplane ron then you know anywhere in the uk that's got uh, you know, it's a high land. Uh, where I am in Wales and up in Scotland, there are countless uh, hilltops with bits of 
dented and battered aluminium and memorials to to the really? countless air crew. Oh yeah, countless mm. air crew uh, killed in training accidents or returning, you know, in bad weather, hit the tops of just about every piece of high ground in Wales uh, and also in Scotland. Um, you know, within within twenty miles of here, there's probably ten ten or more, uh, and throughout Wales, there's well in excess of two hundred. Uh, and similar numbers for Scotland. Uh, over in Lincolnshire, of course, I mean, uh, uh, you know, you've got the you've got the the bombers and the fighters returning damaged after uh, being over over your over occupied Europe, uh, or you know, uh, barely making it back to the airfield. In many cases, not. And that that also leads to you know numerous stories of ghosts associated with crash sites in Lincolnshire, or yeah, you know, has there been research? And I mean, has has there been many groups that go to these crash sites and and you know attempt to investigate them at all? Uh, how about your group, uh, boys? Yeah, I mean the, the the RF bases are quite hard to get into for obvious reasons. Right. Um, but as for crash sites, uh, I'm not so sure. I think they tend to they want to get into the RAF camp because you know it's the it's the underground tunnels and. Huh such like um so i think we tend not to do the crash sites as much because of course lincolnshire has not got the best weather in the world <laughs> we don't want to be standing in the middle of field freezing our houses off really <laughs> you've had a lovely week it's but yeah it's not been too bad actually yeah saying that yeah yeah we've got a question from the chat room as well here um it's okay. um any sightings of ghost planes in the sky um now there are some that I know of, but yeah, what about sure. over in Lincoln? What about over in Lincolnshire? Paul, do you want to take that one? <clears throat> well, I can honestly say that I haven't seen one. We'd have been there to investigate. So for that one, I can only say no. <laughs> Yeah, I've not heard of many people uh, saying that, to be honest. I'm sure there has been in the past. Uh, but, yeah, that's uh, it's not a, uh, a trend in Lincolnshire, that one. Um, up in Derbyshire, I think we've got... Mm. Um, there are several, including a Lancaster, that's uh, seen flying low over Dark Peak, one of the, the tall peaks in, in central Derbyshire. Um, there's another one up in North Wales uh, that I'm aware of. And, of course, perhaps the most famous uh, is, is the one from Montrose up in Scotland, um, with, I think that was a World War II training plane. Um, but there, was the, there are numerous around the UK. Uh, RAF Hooton Park, which is now part of the General Motors Vauxhall car factory up in Merseyside, uh, there were numerous accounts uh, dating back to the 1950s and, and earlier, uh, through between the 1930s and the 1950s when it closed, uh, with numerous uh, pilots uh, and uh, ground personnel reporting seeing um, a, f- a biplane uh, seeming to sort of spiral out of control towards the ground and then disappear. Uh, when they went to, you know, there was nothing on the ground when, when people went to investigate the, the apparent crash site. So, yeah, there are, we've got ghostly aeroplanes uh, too over here in the UK. And I think there's a few over in, over in America, aren't there, Ron? There are. There absolutely are. I mean, there was one where they actually thought there was going to be a collision because this plane was coming down the, uh, the runway and uh, it, it just uh, disappeared. 
but the tower witnessed it and the, the pilot on the ground as well, and, uh, and then it just disappeared totally. So it's just, uh, so yeah. it be- it does beg the question: How can you have a ghostly aeroplane, though? Because well, it does, yeah. well, that, well, is this kind of like are we are we talking here really? Uh, I mean, you have to define what the word ghost is. I mean, it, it, that's what it kind of is. Ghost is an apparition. It, it's certainly a ghost airplane. Then, in other words, it's not there, so therefore, it's an apparition. Um, but is this go back to the residual haunting theory or? Or uh, what's your thought on it, Tomo? And uh... um, I mean, I mean, what is a ghost? Uh, I think the, the terminology "ghost" is something that we've just given through time that we're just something we don't understand. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, ghostly vehicles and as such. I mean, recorded through time. Um, I don't know. I really don't know. It, I think it's uh, something to do with, uh, personally, energy, uh, or uh, you know, if someone loves something so so much, it, it kind of transfers the energy onto that material. I, it, I don't know. It's it's all uh, it's all out there at the minute. <laughs> it's all there to be proven, isn't it? Right. I mean, there's I mean, theories that we're actually, you know, it's basically a time warp or a. Uh, time mm. slip where we actually go back in time or in another, I don't know if you can say back in time, but if time is the, all happened at once, then it's just another, you know, a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, a doorway to a, another Specu- time. Well, I think the actual word is speculation, isn't it? Because Tomo hit the nail dead on the head there. We just don't know. Uh, exactly. Yeah. We can theorise about time slips, and we've we've had programmes about time slips, and you know there's very credible evidence, uh, you know, put forward by some for you know for that possibility. We've had you know we've talked about recording and residual ghosts. Um, you know, the one thing that you can say you can be certain of, um, and the, about the only thing we can say with certainty is that um, a ghostly aeroplane or a ghostly bus. Um, certainly can't be the spirit of a deceased individual. Uh, so mm. there's no soul involved. So you're mm. dealing with, you know, perhaps a different mechanism. Um, but well, the fact that people... We, do, we don't know if these ghostly airplanes or ghostly vehicles have people in them. And if they do have people in them, then that's a whole new ballgame. Mm. Uh, I'm just trying to think. I know of one instance where there is where there was no apparent person inside it. Um, okay. But but you know, nonetheless, I think you know, Tomo hit the nail right on the head. We just we just don't know. Um, right. And, that's and in why fact, we do this, though, right? Is, yeah, that's why we do it. But yeah. but speculation can be you know can also be a, can also take us into dangerous territory because all too often um, you know people start to believe the speculation as fact. And then they have they have ghostly dogs talking to EMF meters. Well, that could be a fact. We just don't know. I mean, I didn't see it happen, but I can't say it didn't happen. Oh, I heard one. <laughs> I think he was telling us it's, uh, it's, it's tea break. Oh, is it really? Anyways, actually, we are coming on to the break uh, right now. Uh, and uh, just before we go... Well, actually, I, I don't think we. I think we have to take the break. But anyways, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles International 
with uh, Mr. Parasai and Steve Pass in New England's own Van Helsing, Ron Kolick, and a very special guest, uh, the boys from uh, Bomber County Paranormal. I like that name, Bomber County. Anyways, we'll be right back after the following message is right here on Pararex. Pararex, Pogenek of Chill and Beyond. Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place and oasis in this hectic world. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly kooky, the Parax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parax family. They're strange, deranged. Unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew. It's time to rendezvous as we give awards to the Bear X family. Twenty-seven. All right. Hi, I'm Ron Kolek, author and lead investigator of the New England Ghost Project, New England's own Van Helsing. And I'm Ann Kerrigan, the blonde bombshell, and I'm the lead investigator of East Bridgewater's Most Haunted. And we'd like to invite you to tune in. Ghost Chronicles, the next generation. Every Wednesday night. At 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on www.toginet.com. So, so, yeah, what are they going to hear on this stupid show? What are they going to hear? They are going to hear things that they can't believe are happening. Like uh, Beyond Bizarre. And Cemetery Tripping. Oh, that's your deal, right? Absolutely. Yeah, one of these days you're going to get uh, so scared of one of these cemetery tripping things that uh, you'll I'll have to get a new co-host. <laughs> I am brave beyond belief. Nothing yeah, we'll see. scares me. Except so anyways, if you're bored and you got nothing to do on Wednesday night, tune in to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Dan and Ron. See you then. And I was just waiting for the heartbeat to stop. I was, I was counting, though. I was actually, it was my old nursing career, I was doing the pulse. Um, so, so <laughs> welcome back after the break. Um, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles International with the real Van Helsing, Ron Kolek, and 
me, the real ghost hunter, as Ron calls me Mr. Parascience, and our very special guests from over in Lincolnshire, the boys from Bomber Command, Paranormal, Tomo and Paul. And we've been talking mostly about aviation ghosts, even though uh, I'm assured that the boys uh, investigate far more than ghostly aeroplanes. Um, so we're going to broaden it out a little bit and see, um, try and take it away from the Royal Air Force. But only after we've done these two questions that are sitting in the chat room. Um, one question, uh, a lot of disused airfields report haunting phenomena. And I'm guessing that primarily uh, you know, your investigations would be on a disused airfield. Uh, but are there any active airfields or aerodromes uh, that are reporting strange goings on? Um, yeah, well, I used to uh, I used to be an electrician. I used to work on a lot of RF camps, and uh, I was always getting told that they were experiencing strange goings on. Um, so yeah, I, I, I assume it goes on the active airfields as much as it does derelict ones. Okay, and uh, the next question actually broadens it out nicely. It's a nice link <laughs> out to, to, to take it away slightly from the REF theme for tonight. Um, it relates to your methods of investigation, and do you feel that your methods, your team's methods at Bomber County Paranormal, differ in any way from other research groups out there? Paul, do you want to answer that and I'll add on to it? Or? Um... I think every group has their own method on what they want to do on an investigation. And there's a lot of groups which like to use, like you spoke about, the K2 meter and other electrical devices. And there's other groups who all like to use the mediums, the spiritualists. And I can say that we don't use a medium or a spiritualist. We do spend a lot of our time with the tape recorders going around doing EVP sessions, as well as trying to take temperature readings, see if there's a fluctuation, um, when we can feel a cold spot. But a lot of the time that we're investigating, we're, we're videoing and basically using tape recorders. Mm. Like I, say, I think uh, what our group is about, I think it's more... We're, I like to think we're like a bit more old school. Uh, I, we write everything down. Uh, we have more cameras than anything. Um, everything's recorded. Um, but yeah, I, I like the old style more than all these new gadgets and stuff because I think they're quite pointless. <laughs> What's, uh, what? What? What do you? Um... How do you do? You have a mechanism for feeding back to uh, the client or the customer on an investigation, or is it is it for the group consumption primarily? Yeah, I mean, a lot of lot of places we do, they are uh, we have to sign like a confidentiality uh, thing with the uh, with the client because uh, some of them don't want their information publicly put on the internet, which a lot of groups do now. I mean, I'm sick of seeing groups putting everything they've done. <laughs> I mean, it is, getting, it is getting to a point where it's every investigation they do, something happens. Uh, I know it's going to annoy a lot of groups out there, but I can't see every time you do an investigation that something happens. It just doesn't... I mean, we're either a really unlucky group or we're doing everything wrong. <laughs> we, you know, Sounds like you just nicked my line there. <laughs> well, it's, it's true. It, it's, 
you know, it, it, that, I think that's the uh, the reality of it. You know, paranormal activity doesn't happen. It, it happens very rarely if it does. So um, we not, are we not likely to see then um, live tweeting from the ghost hunts of bomber Kama, uh, bomber paranormal like we do from other groups? No, not at all. No, <laughs> that's one thing I do like about this group. We we don't publicly put on what we found. It is purely for us and the uh, the client, um, which is quite a nice, I think, connection. Uh, and I think that is re- one of the reasons why we get to go in some places that a lot of people don't, uh, because we don't publicly put it on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. You know, they, they don't want that. They, it ends up being, you know, they, they get hounded into, uh, you know, they get groups coming in and, you know, they just ruin it for everyone else, really. Um, With the popularity of, of and, and the increase in ghost hunting, particularly over here in the, you know, within the last sort of ten years, do you mm-hmm. find that uh, you're increasingly in competition with? other groups to to get access to locations and perhaps you know trying to have to justify your different methods to to the client because you know they they may have seen programs like most haunted and 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 expect you to have this range of gadgets and and the mediums and etc uh, etc et mm. um, i think a lot of that is um, where you go to the client a lot of them now are trying to charge groups a vast amount of money to go and investigate because of such things of like most haunted mm. to go out there it can cost you over a thousand pounds to do a venue and for a small group that is a lot of money well and, uh, yeah well, is that on, supply and demand though i mean if there was nobody else doing it you wouldn't have a problem getting in but now because there are so many groups that want to do these venues they have to distinguish themselves so they charge in, in you know, competent amounts of money. But it, it, yeah, but it's it, it's ruining it for groups like us because we're obviously an unprofitable group. Mm-hmm. Uh, we 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 very very rarely do uh, we very rarely invite the public on investigations. Um, uh, purely because of the fact it's not a proper investigation, really, is it? You know, when you've no. got 30 to 50 people running in a venue, it, it, you can't control everything. It's an event. It's not an investigation. Exactly, yeah. But th- there's more uh, of those sort of companies uh, that are ruining it for uh, us small groups that actually want to investigate it properly uh, and to find out answers for the client. Um, so I don't, I don't know. It's one of those things. How do you actually... I, I mean, there's no shortage of ghosts in the world if you believe in ghosts. I mean, ghosts <laughs> everywhere. So, I mean, it, we don't, you don't have to go to these big castles that charge you lots of money. I mean, there are plenty of places that you can investigate and still collect maybe even better evidence than you would in some of these creepy, uh, you know, famous ones. Yeah, yeah that's, that one. um, well, that's very That's very true. Um, but... Nonetheless, uh, the problem is when when someone ha- has a problem and they're looking on the internet, which invariably they do, um, yeah. for some help and support. It's how do they, you know, how do they get with, you know, how did uh, Bomber County um, sort of rise head and shoulders above the groups that just want to arrive with the with the, you know, uh, perhaps more more media driven. Uh, methods 
uh, or even want to bring 50 of their mates along and charge them for the privilege. I mean, you know, you've got to you've got to sort of fight your corner. I was just wondering what techniques you use to, you know, when, when a client approaches you or you approach them to say, you know, hey, you know, trust us, we're ghost hunters, but don't trust them, they're ghost hunters too. Because exactly. to the lay member of the public, we all look exactly the same. I, I don't I don't necessarily agree with you. I mean, I mean, there are so many ghost hunters that their only presence are on Facebook. But that's you, you can just weed those right out of the way, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, you know, if you don't have a website, then you really have no presence. Uh, you know, I mean, that's how people judge you. They look at your website. They see what's on there. And, and believe it or not, a website tells a lot about a, a group. Uh, well, I I, I, I can't disagree. I mean, a website is, is vital, but nowadays, equally, it seems that the social media um, is driving, uh, you know, people look, look on Facebook first rather than the Internet. Um, yeah, but th- that might be the initial look, but they're still going to go to an alternative site. I mean, let's face it, a Facebook page doesn't really give you great insight into a uh, well it, it does in a way but uh, yeah but you'd be surprised how many groups don't have a website now or don't update the website but will spend you know inordinate amount of time updating and make sure that the facebook status and facebook uh, mm-hmm. sort of photo albums are fully up to date um, <laughs> but we've got we've got another question sitting in here uh, and we have another one from the pararex too so let's, let's okay so I'll, I'll do this one first and then we'll yep. uh, it's for the team um, and okay. it's from ben uh, who's really interested in ghost hunting and i'm guessing that he's probably quite new to it because the question is what do you have any advice for first time ghost hunters Oh, yeah, that is a good question. Um, I'd go down the path that what I did, really, when I uh, first started. I mean, I got, I got uh, bought a uh, ticket to one of these ghost events uh, from my gorgeous partner, Gemma, uh, for a birthday present. Um, and I went along to one of those events and started talking to the investigators um, and then started looking at local groups, really. Uh, but um, I think there's many ways of getting into it nowadays. Uh, it depends what road you want to go down with it, I suppose. If you want to seriously investigate or you want to purely go on a, uh, uh, you know, like a scare coaster ride, okay. basically. I, I think you're absolutely right about that. Why do you want to ghost hunt? I think that's the question you really have to start with. And unfortunately, many people do not want to do the due diligence. It's, you know, you got to start somewhere. You, you, you can't just be, oh, put a, buy yourself a shirt, and all of a sudden you're a ghost hunting group and you know everything because you've read books. Uh, it's not the way. You need the experience. You've got to, you know, understand a little bit more. Uh, unfortunately, uh, people try to jump that, uh, you know, trial period where you, you really have to start learning. I think another thing they've got to realize is, is you're not going out there literally to find a ghost. You're going out there to debunk it 95% of the time. And it's that 5% which you well, can't debunk. I think it's, that I'm going to have to disagree with you because, I mean, maybe that's your, your, what your group does. But uh, I don't think a lot of groups go out to debunk uh, ghosts. Uh, there no, I don't think groups, groups do. <laughs> no, I, I think there are uh, many that are, are debunking. 
And I don't uh, necessarily believe that that's the way to do it. I think you go to investigate and and look at alternatives, of course. But uh, uh, anyway, that's my thought. Yeah, I, th- I actually think the majority of uh, the majority of groups uh, groups and I, um, not not individuals possibly within groups, but they go out there very much as as uh, Tom and Paul have said. Um, it's either an interactive scary movie or, as is presented on their websites and, and Facebook pages, the language that they use, they are seeking evidence to prove the existence of the paranormal. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is no desire to debunk. It's the exact opposite, in fact. You know, they, they, they have a fixed belief that the paranormal exists and they are seeking evidence to prove their own beliefs. So, I think you have both sides of the coin there, Steve. Yeah, I, really do. I, I think there are some groups that go out and no matter what happens, they're going to debunk it. I mean, you look at when, when uh, Karen O'Keefe was on uh, Most Haunted, I mean, he would come up with most asinine uh, Sorry, I'm just reminded of the supersonic fly then. (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. That's exactly right. So, I mean, you go out with something in your mind. Do you go mind open minded? No. Uh, The very few, I think, do. Uh, I think that's really the the way you should do it, and that's just my thoughts. But uh, there are some that that do go out to prove it, and there are some that go out to debunk it. I mean, don't get me wrong, Ron. We've got quite a bit of good evidence that we know that we can't debunk, but there's a lot of things you go out and the client will tell you claims, and you can sit there and listen, and within five, ten minutes, you can realise that what, they are, what they're telling you isn't paranormal. That's what I'm saying. If you're a first-time ghost hunter and somebody tells you this is happening, they're going to sit there with that in their mind, thinking that that's going to happen and that's paranormal. Right. But, I mean, that's the key, is you have to listen to the client, at least in, in my, my book. I mean, if, if the client is telling you something, you take it as what it is, and this is the account of a witness. And then mm. once you do have that testimony... You investigate it. Uh, at least that's, I, I believe, the way to just the way to do it, it. Is that you can't discount that. You have to at least investigate their uh, their claims. I think you have to take every every. Um Account every subjective account as a piece of information, uh, exactly. and then build and then build your case. Um, you know, I think to jump at any conclusion. Um, Pro or 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 anti, uh, bunk or debunk, uh, is wrong so early in, in any investigation because you know sometimes even the most bizarre stories can can turn can turn out to have a have a grain or degree of truth to them. But there was another question in the Pararex room, wasn't there, Ron? Yes, there is. And I'm trying to get so, through the questions tonight. Yeah, I know. And uh, this was uh, from Seal and Cat, and uh, she says, "I wonder how much." residential hauntings you'd find in a London bomb shelter. There certainly would have been a lot of energy from the moment, uh, which is, you know, if you believe that hauntings are created by, you know, for instance, uh, sudden death or something where, uh, or, or great tragedy where the energy, that's, that certainly would make sense. Uh, have you ever heard of uh, London bomb shelters being haunted? Anyone, uh, Steve, uh, Tomo? Or, or I think... I think most haunted did an episode, uh, yeah. if I remember rightly. Yeah. Um, 
So, yeah, I don't see why not. Uh, I'm sure there's many uh, air, air shelters that are supposedly haunted. Um, but, yeah, I'm sure there was a uh, Most Haunted episode uh, um, they did. They, they famously right? did... They famously did the old witch tube station, which during the Blitz, the 1940s Blitz, um, was... It it was never hit, um, but at any given night during the Blitz, there was upwards of a thousand or more people using it to shelter Mm -hmm. from the the raids. And, of course, every one of those people had a story, and there are many, many uh, stories attached to that particular station and other underground stations that were used during the Blitz as shelters. Um, But there are also one or two bomb shelters, specifically bomb shelters, that are associated with ghosts. There's uh, at least one on Merseyside um, where a bomb shelter existed or existed until the Germans hit it. Um, (laughs) Existed under a... uh, It was a community bomb shelter. um, And latterly, a school was built uh, or rebuilt over the top of it. And there were numerous accounts following that um, of apparitions seen uh, by people, I mean, this was back in the 70s and 80s, so this was, uh, you know, by people who generally had forgotten the existence of the bomb shelter or knew nothing about the, the, the people killed therein. Um, and I think there's one or two airfields in Lincolnshire returning back to the Bomber County theme again. Um, I think RAF East Kirby uh, had, has or had a haunted bomb shelter. Um, but these are, I think this was associated with a, a, a Lancaster that exploded whilst it was being armed. Uh, I think a bomb went off on, on, uh, as they were arming the Lancaster um, and killed many of the air crew, uh, the airmen around the, air, around the station. Um, so yeah, I only know of, of the Merseyside case where, where a shelter had been directly struck and subsequently apparitions have been seen but there are as I say uh, and as was portrayed on most haunted a number of the london underground ones most notice most notably old witch um have been uh, associated with the you know their time as uh, a bomb a community bomb shelter so you, you know what I, I was just sitting here and and this question came into my mind as as you were talking steve and and uh, Tomo was talking. You know, I can't remember our other guest's name. Isn't that Harvard on Paul? Is it Chris? Paul. <laughs> I was so Likes. close. So close. <laughs> uh, but you know what? We just sat here and we talked about, you know, well, this, this bomb shelter was supposedly haunted, and then they built a school over and it was haunted. And, and I know this one because most haunted did this, and, and I worked at it. I mean, we have so much uh, testimony of apparitions, ghosts, and haunting. How can we sit here and and pretend that they don't exist? We don't. We never yes. have. <laughs> We've never. I've I've never pretended that that people don't report ghosts and apparitions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've never questioned the fact that people do report them. Uh, it's not. It's never been about belief, and I'm sure. Well, they can answer for themselves in a minute. But for me, it's always been not about belief, but about wanting to know why do people have these experiences? What are they seeing and why are they seeing them? Never, uh, yeah. People see ghosts. It's a fact. Hmm. Paul and, and, and Tom, I mean, I mean, so I mean, do you believe in ghosts? I guess that's kind of what we're saying. With all <laughs> this testimony, do, how can we 
not say ghosts don't exist. It, Oh. <laughs> uh, I can only say from my, my own belief is yes, I, I do believe in ghosts. Okay. Uh, that's because I believe I've seen one, so. Mm. I think it's a lot to do with your personal beliefs. I mean, I, when I first started doing it, I suppose everything that I heard, seen, moved, whatever, it, it was a ghost to me. But now, as I've started investigating properly, uh, I've become very sceptical of a lot of things, so I suppose I'm one to be sitting on the fence, really, at the minute. I want to avoid... I, hang on a minute, Ron. I want to avoid <laughs> being misquoted by you here, because I didn't say I believe in ghosts. What I actually said is I have no doubt that people exp uh, report seeing ghosts. So you have no doubt? I mean, but isn't that... I have no doubt whatsoever that people see ghosts. Ghosts. OK, that's fine. None whatsoever. There, there is testimony going back thousands of years that, 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 that verify that fact that people see and report ghosts. Uh, there is there is no there is no shadow of of doubt uh, that that you know people report them, people see them. The boys over in Lincolnshire, uh, you know, have have undoubtedly you know investigated and spoke to you know, countless people who have had experiences. Over in America, no doubt you too, Ron, have spoken to countless people who have experienced uh, and seen ghosts and apparitions. There so, can't yeah, be any why, doubt. Why, why, aren't, why aren't you ready to accept the fact that, that perhaps ghosts exist? Well, because, as I said, it's not about belief. It's about why do people see ghosts and what is it that they are actually seeing? Is it a subjective thing? Is it an objective thing? Is it something... You know, I mean, parapsychologists would have you believe that the majority of these experiences are in your head, uh, mm. you know, generated so within the mind. The, all through the centuries, all these thousands and thousands and thousands of reports and, and are all just in someone's head. If you're if you're a parapsychologist, then that's the party line that you trot out. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Okay. I'm just curious. I, I know we have other questions in the uh, chat room too, so let's get. We're running out of time. Okay. Um, gosh. Uh, yeah. Um, can modern buildings be haunted as well as historic? Well, I think we've just kind of answered that mm. one with... Uh, um, but have, have your own experiences... Uh, this is from Ben again. Have, any, have your own experiences with ghosts changed your religious views? Ooh. Ooh. Mm. Ooh. Oh. That is a good question. Um, for me personally, no. <laughs> um, like I say, I, I believed in everything that moved was a ghost uh, until I started concentrating into proper investigation. Uh, so I'm very sceptical now. Um, so I, it's, it's a tough one, Paul. <laughs> um, no, I'm not a religious person. So as for religious beliefs, no. Um, I'm still not religious, but with what we've seen or what I've seen and what I've heard, I'm still confused some days. <laughs> it's, inter it's interesting. People will often say, I'm not religious, um, and then commit to a belief or an interest in exploring something that we only, you know, we have 
little evidence for its existence and then decried religion for which we have little evidence for its existence. It's also interesting, quite often, um, I was talking to a, 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 an Anglican uh, vicar um, not so very many months ago who was telling me that he doesn't believe in ghosts and all that nonsense. That was the, the doorbell, guys, which means the pizza from the dead is here, so uh, we have to wrap it up. But I just want to add to my two cents to that is, is I've always said, you, know, you guys all know that I'm, I'm Catholic and uh, practicing Catholic, and uh, no, it hasn't affect, affected my uh, religion at all. So there you go. So anyways, you've been talking uh, with uh, Paul. See, I got it right this time. And uh, Tomo from, uh, uh, maybe I might not get their name right, Bomber County Paranormal. I love that. Yeah, name, that's the one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and a quick, quick question. Paul, I believe you said you saw a full-body apparition. Uh, I believe I did many years ago, yes. Yeah. And, and was that before you were ghost hunting? Yeah, that's um, basically what started me off thinking and wondering what was out there. Okay. And, do you want uh, to give, um, quickly, do you want to give out your website so that people can minute, check yep. you out? Yeah, the, if they, they can actually just plug in the, the name Bomber County Paranormal and it will take them to our website. It's a good Excellent. website, too. It's, it's, it's well done. I like it. Do you know, tonight's the, the one show where we should have played out with the Dan Busters theme. <laughs> huh? Yeah, it's waste, wasted on the Americans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, guess, I guess you had a be there. I'm not sure about that one. Yeah, we we invented a bomb that bounced over water and destroyed big things. Yeah, I saw that. We made a movie of that, I think, in Hollywood. Uh, yeah. No, no, no. It was made. It was made in Britain. The movie in 19. Uh, yeah, we made the movie, but you know, of course, the Americans were the heroes, so don't worry about it. <laughs> no, that was the, that was Pearl Harbor. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, uh, Tomo, Paul, Bomber County Paranormal, thank you guys for coming on the show. We really do appreciate it. You guys were interested. And uh, if I ever get over there with you guys, you're going to have to take me to one of these debris fields. I'm really interested in these debris fields and check them out. So, anyways, thank you guys. Yeah, Yeah, thank you for being being on the show. Uh, It's a great honor. Uh, So, yeah, thank you very much. Okay. So, until next time, this is. This is Ron Cohen and Steve Boston, and uh, we'll see you next week. Good night, and God bless. From ghoulies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night, deliver us, good Lord. You're